I was uh, talking with my wife's uncle and he lives in a rural area of Ohio and we were talking about uh, some of what's happening in the life of the church and uh, their rural county, the entire county has uh, like 15,000 people roughly. We got, we got more than that on in, in our zip code, but, but their whole county has 15,000 and he was saying that, that um, you know, their church was set up to be able to care for people with social distancing um, and, and, and I moved so quickly into the, into the worship time, forgive me. I'm just, I'm grateful for our worship team and, and I'm thankful for the service that they give week after week of wanting us to experience Christ in song. So I don't want to just breeze over them. Forgive me. Love y'all worship team. So I'm talking with her uncle, their church set up to be able to have this social distancing service. The church normally, I believe, holds a few hundred, um, but because of social distancing, uh, actually they can hold even more because they're now using their gym and the cafeteria and all these different things. And he said that uh, while they might have, you know, a couple of hundred that come uh, into the building, on Wednesdays the pastor has been doing Bible study. And you know, Bible study typically has lower numbers, so maybe around 100 to 120 uh, people that would typically show up and are present at the building. But he's noticing that the views of the Wednesday Bible study is reaching eight, nine hundred people. Sometimes a thousand people are checking out the Wednesday Bible study. And so he's kind of been in, we were talking about how in the midst of such a challenging time, they're actually seeing growth. I was reading an article by the Chicago Tribune that Javante Anderson wrote, and he shared about uh, some pastors, uh, Reverend Craig and uh, Shakira, um, that are at St. James AME, and they talked about how they too had uh, members that have been suffering from COVID and trying to care for people and walk with people, and how typically they have about 500 folks, but right now they're having about 1,700 people view their sermons in the midst of a really challenging time. There's a, a study that was done in that same article that Javante Anderson wrote that says that uh, in this time, we're actually seeing some people's faith go deeper that when they started checking out different racial groups, the highest racial group was African-Americans that say 56% of them say during the midst of these challenges, their faith has actually gone deeper in God. I want to allow God's word to encourage us so that we can understand the beauty of what we are seeing in the midst of such challenging times. The beauty of us seeing God's word getting us through. God's word getting us through. Would you turn with me to Psalm chapter 119? 
Psalm chapter 119. And you know, we've been going through the Psalms, the soundtrack of a godly life, because the Psalm writer, Brother David, who wrote most of them, gives us different types of Psalms so that we can connect. And this week, we're going to be talking about a wisdom song. Wisdom Psalm. Let me pray for us. Lord, remove me so that we might be able to understand you, know you, hear from your word, and be encouraged and equipped to live it out. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Psalm 119, this wisdom psalm is the type of psalm where God wants us to make choices for him. These choices bring us pleasure and joy and bring God joy. So wisdom psalms are are opportunities where you get to be at a, a, a fork in the road and you can choose evil or you can choose godliness. And God says the wise thing to do is to choose godliness. And so uh, this psalm is an acrostic psalm. Acrostic psalms are just like those old, we said this before, those old kind of nursery rhyme. A is for apple, B is for ball, C is for, come on kids, y'all supposed to be with me. That let me know if y'all listening or not. You know, and then you go through the whole alphabet with one thing, with a, with a word to describe the letter. Well, if you look in your Bible, you're actually going to see the same. You're going to see Hebrew letters that help you distinguish patterns and sections of the chapter. So Psalm 119 is pretty long in this acrostic fashion because it goes through every Hebrew letter. And it gives you 176 verses, and we're going to read all those verses starting now. Okay, here we go. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Calm down. Calm down. But we are going to look, fam, at a section of Psalm 119 so that we can gain some understanding in what it looks like for us to allow God's word to get us through. Turn with me to verse 105 within chapter 119, verse 105. Starting at 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it. You keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end forever to the end. At at the core of, of, of the beginning of this is us understanding this concept, this concept of sin. You know, that three letter word that we don't use too often unless it's something egregious, sin. Sin is the, the, the missing of a mark. If there's a bullseye that, bull's eye that we're supposed to hit right in the center with a, a bow and arrow, it's as if we veer off to the left or to the right. 
It's a missing the target that God has in mind. But if we don't, if we don't think of, 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 if we don't get the missing the target mark because none of us know anything about bows and arrows, the Bible tries to give a variety of words to help us grasp the concept of sin because it's real. And because sadly we start off walking in darkness. The Bible used terms like breaking the law. That's something that we, we understand a little, bit, a little bit more often or overstepping godly limits. Rebellion, another way to describe sin, or trespass. And we're going to let trespass, this, this, this walking in places that you should not be walking, that last description sets the backdrop for our text today. Look in verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The assumption is that you and I walk in darkness and that every day we operate in a sinful manner, that veering off the path that God would have for us is indeed sinful. And so we need guidance. We need leadership. We need a lamp, something simple to keep us on track. There's no no street lights, no spotlight, no illumination of our entire path for our whole life. No, what God gives us is a lamp. And in these historical times, a lamp gave you enough light that you could see the next three to four steps. And he is a lamp unto our feet. There's a, an illustration that, that the African Bible commentary gives where he says, uh, that, that, the, that the word and statues get, get interplayed constantly, constantly. And so what you see is the, the word being referenced as a statute. And a statute was originally related to something that was engraved or inscribed on stone. The idea is that it's something that is unchangeable. Our unchanging God has a purpose, he does not change, and his statutes and his ways do not change. And so, and so there's this, this sin, this darkness, but then there is this God who gives us statutes that don't change so that he can serve as the lamp, the light by which we need to follow. Psalm 51 says, Behold, I was brought forth in sin, in iniquity did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret of my heart. Or Psalm 121, which says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So you see there's this, this, this opportunity for people that were walking in darkness to have our eyes opened and to be able to be led down a path that God would design. When we look up and recognize that the, the God of who's created all things is with us and is leading us. Look with, look with me at verse 106. 
I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. And an and oath is, is you taking action to commit to the rules that God has created. And I know we don't like rules that often. We want to be free spirits. We want to be able to do our thing. But when you're blind, when you can't see, when darkness is upon you, rules can be life-saving. I mean, to a blind person, don't cross the street on green is life-saving. And so if we would see the light that the Lord is allowing to, to shine to lead us down paths that say don't go here and don't go there, actually stay this course. We can see that as life-giving and life-saving. It gives us an excitement of passion, of fervor for his word and for his statutes. But notice what it says in 107. It says, I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Severely afflicted. I am severely afflicted. David, David, we like because David is a dude that, that is relatable. David would be the type of, type of guy that would, would come chill on the front porch, might talk some smack in a spades game, get, get real competitive when it's time for that cornhole. David is a type of person that you can, you can relate to. And so David throughout, you know, all of these chapters in Psalms keeps letting you into the pain that he has caused some himself, but also the pain that has been inflicted on him again and again. And he has these heavy weights and sometimes he just cries out, how long, Lord, because I keep feeling this evil against me. And here he doesn't say quite clearly what this severe affliction is. But we know some severe afflictions that we're wrestling with right now. Like we know that COVID has had multiple impacts on our community. First impact was that of death. Sadly, we have had to see like like there's there's. Almost everybody knows someone in our community that has either uh, contracted COVID-19 and is dealing with the, the pains afterwards or someone that contracted it and passed in, in our Detroit community. The, the networks, sadly, are, are strong enough where you know someone that's been, that's been touched by it, level one. Level two, the angst that it's causing some families over time when everybody is cooped up in the house and, and at wit's end. Level three, how we even interact with one another, where we sizing each other up and let me see her mask ain't all the way up on her face like it's supposed to be. And then, you know what I'm saying, you got to laugh or there's somebody that laughed, <laughs> and then they swipe over your head with a temperature gauge just to make sure you cool, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, we sizing each other up just when we're trying to do life, y'all. It's like a whole new norm that just isn't normal. We have, we're experiencing some of severe afflictions. And then we have the, the, the racial injustice. And, 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 and if you ask people 
Like, when did the civil rights movement begin? Well, it depends on who you ask. Because if you ask black people, black people would say the civil rights movement was always taking place. It was just that white people during a time in our history began listening when boycotts started happening and Dr. King became the primary voice. So we've been saying these things for years and for years and now people began listening. And the same would be true as you think of situations like police brutality and unjust wages and cycle of poverty, people of color have been saying, no, we've been saying this for a long time, but now, because of protests that are happening all over the world, greater white America is hearing us. Some severe afflictions are, are happening where at multiple levels, people are feeling misunderstood and misheard and attacked, and, and, and it's a severe affliction. In our neighborhood, there's been some instances where families' homes have been broken into. We've had some instances where gunshots have rang out near members of our church and community members. And this coming week, we're going to have probably one of the most difficult uh, experiences um, in Max history, where a family member of our church is going to have to bury their child. And that is at the hands of someone else who thought that violence was the best way to solve an issue. That, that, that violence, gun violence, was the way to solve the issue. In our, in our family, in our community, we are dealing with severe afflictions. And somehow we know that David can relate because he had some severe afflictions as well. But he doesn't let those afflictions consume him to the point where he feels helpless or numb. He actually responds in a way that that throws off everything that we thought was going to happen in the next verse. Actually, he responds with praise. Praise. Look at verse 8, 108. It says, after being severely afflicted in 107, give me life, O Lord, according to your Word. So now it's it is the statutes that he believed gives life. And he says, because of those statutes, accept my free will offering of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. In the midst of pain, in the midst of hurting, remind me of your word and teach them to me. Because some way, somehow, the truth of who you are is bigger than the pain of the situation that I am in. So teach me, Lord, and let me praise you for it. Free will offering is not like the tithe. The tithe was something that you expected a person to give. Free will offering was like our offering today. And even our tithe today, it is out of what you have received, you give freely to show your gratitude, your gratefulness. 
your thankfulness. And so David is saying, accept my offering because I'm grateful, because I'm thankful, because I know you sit above this situation. Accept what I am giving you of praise and teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Verse 109, I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. He wants to be taught God's ways. But now a shift happens. Before severe affliction was happening to him, he was the recipient of something that was externally challenging him and weighing on him and, dare I say, painful. But now he shifts to show you how messy this thing is, that that it's not simply what others do to him. It's also what he does to himself what we do to ourselves. I hold my life in my hand continually. Who's in control in that sentence? See, David's trying to help you see, help me see, help us see that God's word stands above all things and that if the pain is external, God, give me your word, your statutes, light my path that I might follow thee. But if I continually try to take the reins from you, God, and try to be in control, God, and try to dictate what I think is best, God, I know that I'm going to have myself in a jacked up position. So while I vibe for that, while I try to be in control, Lord, (laughs) I don't forget your laws. I don't forget your laws. Some of us need need to remember some of those those beautiful things we learned. I I, I, I had some of them written down. Some of y'all said some some nursery rhymes that you remembered as a child, some some things that just stuck to you that even now, older, you can go back to. And in a blink of an eye, you remember some of y'all said a song like you are beautiful. Uh, You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. I didn't know what this word was. And then it clicked for me. I don't even know what that thing meant, but somehow I learned it. Come on now. Uh, Um. Mama used to sing some songs. I think our sister Alicia said uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. Come on now. Um, These are songs that like just come back to you. You remember it doesn't take much to trigger it. Some of us need to not forget God's laws like that. Some 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 one oh verse one oh nine type action where even if we start tripping internally or whatever the world is throwing at us, we won't forget your laws, Lord. So some of us need need to hear a word of peace and have that reign in our spirit and be able to call on it at any second. Some some John chapter 16, verse 33 type action where he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Need to be able to recall it. 
Well, some of us need to hear a, a have a have a nursery rhyme that's based on God's scripture in love. Where Ephesians chapter two says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised up with him and seated and he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Some of us need to know peace. I need to be able to call on it in a moment's instance. Love, I need to be able to call on it so that I can keep walking in your ways, Father, so I can follow the way that you are leading. Courage. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Never leave us, never forsake us, always with us. No reason to fear. Or Jeremiah 29, 11. Because maybe you need to be reminded of your purpose. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. You see, family, this 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 beautiful God is saying, let me lead you. I will be your light on a path that has many ways that you can go. You come to a fork in the road, you can choose evil. Don't be wise. Choose my way. Follow my leading, which is founded in my statutes. Let my word dwell in you richly. Because Satan is out here wreaking havoc. Look at word 10. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Family, we don't think racism is a, a tool of Satan. We don't think economic classes that divide us is a tool of Satan. We don't think that 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 the differences amongst amongst gender God try, God wants to use to unite us and celebrate the beautiful image he's created. But Satan wants to use it so that we can vie against each other and use power and all these. Everything here, Satan wants to use as a tool to reap havoc on us. So the question is, during this season, like what what is what 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 type of snares has has Satan tried to lay? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sure he thought, and, and I don't believe like Satan's in charge of everything. He's just running things. Like that's foolish. God is sovereign. Like it, there's no comparison. It's not as if like God and Satan are fighting over these things. But every situation that takes place Satan wants to use for our our bad, our demise. And God can take even the worst situation and use it for our good. So I can only imagine like a scenario where like 
Satan is looking and saying, oh, look what we just did, my little henchman. The church is, 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 is struggling now. Nobody up in there. They want to worship, whatever. They ain't going to do nothing. I got the whole church. Every, everybody, nobody's in the church buildings right now. And then somehow, a church that seats 60, 70, has a couple hundred people viewing sermons. Somehow, a church that seats 500 now has 1,700 people. Somehow, a church with 250 people in it now gets 1,000 people logging in to Bible study. How does this happen? Because God can take no matter what is going on when we begin to stay rooted in his word in the midst of affliction, we find our joy and our being and we are able to walk the path God has laid. But he doesn't say that he escapes us from the pain. That we get to be because we're Christians, people who operate in a bubble, who don't experience it. I love here that he says, the wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. I don't stray. I'm still about what you got me about, God, but I'm probably going to still experience some tribulations. A couple traps on this road, a couple things that's maybe harming my body, got me feeling low, challenged, feeling afflicted but I won't stray because your word, your statutes are true. So it gives us reason, y'all, to keep pushing on in love. It gives us reason to to love and sacrificially care for one another. I I just reached out, said, uh, brothers, we we got a need to set up some tables and chairs. I know COVID is going on. But we're going we gonna to hook up um, um, Herb and Vershawn's house. The church is trying to help be a blessing to them as they're going to do the repass and stuff like that there. And Mac family, we're going to have online the ability to uh, uh, kind of be a presence online if you would like to support uh, during the funeral services. But, but, with, but before I could hit send, brothers were responding. Yeah, we got it. We'll grab them tables. We'll grab them chairs. Like, like. In the midst of COVID stuff happening, why? Because folks are wanting to be sacrificial. And I'm not saying the right thing to do is to always like jump out and do stuff for people. And you got to be cautious. You got to be careful. But we're going to keep loving one another. We're going to keep having some difficult discussions, y'all, about race. Because it is something that hinders us being able to be united. And if it is stopping us from being united, we've got to fight to remove it so that we can be the one body that God died for. He made us one. And now let that spiritual reality be an, an earthly reality. And we can do that not by our own effort, not by our own strength, but by the courage that God gives us, the strength that he gives us. The ability to not fear anything because we know that he is with us. And so in verse 111, 
and 112. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. The goal here is that we would, we would remember how God has come through. And it would point us towards a heavenly reality. I can testify of what you've done, God. If I can't remember the nursery rhyme scripture, the scripture that I'm supposed to call on, what was Jeremiah 29, 11 again? What was plan from, for purpose? I remember when I was down and out, he came through. I remember when I was hurting, God, you were there. I remember thinking I was alone, but I was never alone. These testimonies speak of God's amazing character and then point us towards an eternal reality where this God, the God who created all things, says, I look forward to what you're practicing right now, that praise in the midst of affliction. And if you think you're praising now in the midst of affliction, wait till there's no challenge, no pain, no affliction, and all you can do is a thing that you was created to do, which was to celebrate and worship me to the highest point of your volume. Family, we are working it out now. We're working out loving each other. We're working out what it means to, to, to follow Jesus as he lights our path. We're working out what it means to, to trust and, and hold dear to him when we feel the afflictions of the world coming at us, but also when we make choices where we try to take the reins back from God and be in control of our own lives. His statutes are what give us the strength. His word is what gives us the ability to get through and not just get through by and by, but to actually have joy and to thrive and go deeper in the midst of challenge. There was a, uh, I got my pages all out of order, y'all. Because I can't quote it like I had it written down, and it must not be for y'all today, so I'm going to say that one. If you are a person that walks with Christ, I want to ask you to, to, to think of a few things. Because sometimes in our, in our lack of, of, of believing in the spiritual realm, like, like we, we, we make things just a little too plain. And I want to simply ask you a few questions. If you love Jesus, I want to ask you just a few questions. Question number one, in what ways... Could the enemy be trying to steal your joy and happiness? Or what type of snares could he be setting in the path that God has for you? Those snares may be things that are thrown in externally. Or they may be snares that are lies that get sown into your mind that lead you to want to take control. What are some of the snares being being thrown your way? 
And my prayer is that you would allow God to shed light on those things so that as you are following Christ and walking, they will not trip you up as he is leading you. That you be, uh, 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 I see you, Satan, good try. I, I, I know for me in this season, uh, it's, it's, it's been patience. Just patience with, with, with like trusting God's timing, knowing that I want to see some things happen right now, and when they don't, I'm getting frustrated at myself. I get frustrated at people. And patience is one of those things that that I know is a uh, is a is a I, I was I was telling uh, my wife and and talking to our team just last week I was uh, or this week I was recording a sermon for another place and um, uh, a ministry that has been a support to Rebecca and I and our church uh, for for a long time Pastor Tim that spoke in my um, sabbatical. Um, um, uh, installation service and I recorded the sermon went through the whole thing they asked me to, to try to preach in 20 minutes 20 minutes <laughs> come on y'all uh, first time I did it 35 minutes it's like, oh man that wouldn't be faithful to give it to him 35 minutes went back again got it down I got a little little timer y'all that I try to keep here today I didn't even start the timer so up oh, um, Got it down. Timer said 22 minutes. I'm like, bet. Let's go. Let's go. That, that's more respectable. Go to grab. And the, the, the phone stopped at two minutes. Two minutes into the sermon, the phone stopped. Said, all right, I'm just come back tomorrow. I'll do it. Did it again next day. Boom. Uh, I think it was 20, 23 minutes. Sermon stopped 15 minutes into it. Lord, what is going on? Okay, try to do it. And, and, and what I realized was like, I'm frustrated, but this is not a, a real affliction. This is not what some of my sisters and brothers go through in countries overseas where they will be beaten for just telling somebody about Jesus, where they are trying to find ways to, to share the gospel without having their families tortured. Like, like, dude, you can be patient. Like, 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 go back to God's word and it'll start giving you perspective. So if you are walking with Christ, be careful of the snares that, that Satan wants to use to, to, to take your focus off of what you're supposed to be focused on, which is the, the cross. But if you are a person that's listening today and, and Jesus is not your Lord, you don't see God as the one who needs to be in control of your life. You think it's best for you to be in control. I want to ask you, like, like, how is it walking in darkness? Because sadly, as long as you are willing to lead your own life, even your best efforts have you doing things in darkness. And darkness is a state of sin, and sin is not wise to live out. 
Our desire is that your wisdom would flow from that of the Lord. And and the only way it flows from that of the Lord is if you submit to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to live for you. I humbly acknowledge that you are in control. I don't even know what it means to submit and let you lead. But I want that. And if you can say something like that from your heart today, today can be the first day by which you get to experience Christ. Because you, too, are having external things thrown at you. That's not just Christians. You, too, are having wrestling internally with things that you should do better and ways that you want to live better and things that you know are healthier and better for yourself, but yet you choose not to do those things. That happens to people who don't love the Lord, too, but the Lord, we believe, is the one who helps us out of those broken patterns. You can't help yourself out. And so we invite you today to accept Jesus into your heart. That means simply saying, Lord, I believe in you. I humbly submit to you. I want you to be in control. I believe you started by allowing uh, death on the cross to, uh, to give me freedom and new life. And I want that today. Praying a prayer like that can be the start of new life for you. And we want to be the type of church that walks with you and helps you understand what these statutes mean. Mac family, I invite you to join me in prayer. God, we thank you. Psalm 119 is really long. But that's because there's so many opportunities to choose you over Satan. And and David writes from a variety of vantage points how we get to be wise. I pray, Lord, that no one watching today or listening whenever they listen would think that they could be wise without you. But I also pray that those that have you would be aware of the ways in which they are prone to sin tempted by sin and would cling that much tighter to your word. Help us, Lord, because we need you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.